the Gridiron Show. It's International Week. Bengals and the Washington Football Club are in town. It's Will and Ollie. We're going to go through all the news. We'll go through all your Twitter questions. We'll speak to Will Compton. I'm hoping that's his name. And uh, we'll look at Fantasy Darlings the rest of week eight. This is the Gridiron Show. Gridiron Show, Ollie in the studio, Will at his house down the line, and that's why I'm doing the opener, because Will can't be loud in his house. He's literally yeah, being are... told off at all times by his wife. <laughs> it's not because of my wife. It's because we are recording this at quarter past 11 at night, and therefore, you know, uh, I need to have some semblance of a relationship with my neighbours. Admittedly, the old lady next door is deaf as a bat based on the level at which she plays... Uh, uh, the level at which she listens to uh, Tipping Point and uh, The Chaser. Well, and also uh, EastEnders as well. When I when um, I stayed at your place looking after your cats, EastEnders. EastEnders, yeah. I hear that. Like there's somebody playing the drums in the same room as me. Yeah, it's really, really annoying. But hey. So there's no chance she can hear me through the walls right now. So I can be as loud as I want, really, but I don't want to upset my wife and potentially the neighbours as well. So we're doing it this time because we've got the Bengals practice tomorrow. I'll be going along to that. We've got so much still to sort out for the party, so I'm going to be going to pick up the speakers for the live podcast. So that's actually happening? The live podcast is happening. It's going to be happening about 10.15pm in the second room of the venue. Once the bar mitzvah that's downstairs gets kicked out at 10 o'clock, then we'll be setting up the speakers, the, the mics, the whole setup will be there. Me, you, Neil Dutton will join us and Paul Ooh. Maines from Waxing Lyrical. Uh, anyone who wants to ask questions. And I genuinely thought that this wasn't going to be that popular. And now there's like a good 25, 30 people who are hitting us up saying they're going to come and listen. So we'll have the Packers game probably on behind us so we can watch Ollie's despair as the Falcons <laughs> beat them down. <laughs> and, uh, it, and Rich Wyatt, no doubt, will be heckling me as well. There's only one thing. I'm really disgusted you've got that. <laughs> wait, 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 I've, I've got the, it's, <laughs> I've got Myriad in front of me. It's got a lot of different things on that. That's where we found the wonderful cat noises. So... Do not play the cat noises. I will turn you off. Um, <laughs> it drives my cats mental. Uh, look, so we uh, also coming up in the show, we're going to be speaking with Will Compton, inside linebacker of the Washington Football Club. He's one of the, my uh, favourite players to come out in the last kind of couple of years undrafted back in 2013 but he's um he's formed a really good partnership with mason foster they're kind of a weird couple of cast-offs mason foster drafted in maybe in the same draft maybe a year later by the tampa bay buccaneers never worked out there kicked around a few practice squads and now the two of them look like one of the best inside linebacker duos in the league he leads the uh, he leads uh, washington with 60 tackles already on the season i think that's about seventh in the league overall so i have a really interesting chat with him ahead of their flight out to um to the uk and then we'll have some bengals chat from practice i'm going to go try and catch up with some players while we're there and, and see what we can get from those guys as well and maybe get andy dalton the red rifle to sign some copies of the latest gridiron in which he's got that big interview piece do you get him to sign it on the piece or on the front cover because it's yeah, i'm not going to get him to sign the 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 
picture of the Vikings on the front. Well, I was just asking a question, mate. Don't have a go. It's a ludicrous question. Yeah, it was. It was. I'm sorry. Is How is my volume at your end? Uh, fine. How's Good. mine at your end? I just want to check. Not a problem. Do you want me what? turning you up? Is that all your up in my ears? No, no, not at all. I just don't want. To, I want to make sure that I can get a good balance between my volume and my volume relative to neighbours. Yeah, fine. You're you're all good, mate. It's not like I do this for an actual living. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, thanks, pal. Uh, it, it, you might do it for a living, but there's an argument about how well you do it for a living. Hundred percent. Hundred. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we've so tomorrow I'm going to be driving things back and forth to the party. We've got gridiron t-shirts. Um, which I'll tell you what, available. Will, Will Gavin, um, they come in. I didn't see an XS, but they go from S, which I've got, to two double X, XL, two XL, uh, or otherwise known as double XL. Yes, um, and they are they are pretty nice. Now, nice t-shirts, good t-shirts, only fifteen quid as well. And we'll have—I've got to pick up the magazines for the free magazines. Got to pick up the beer tokens for the free beers. I've got to get us hand stamps so when people come in, they can get their hand stamped. Unfortunately, oh, you've got to get a, a cool get hand stamp. I unfortunately haven't been able to get a specialised one made this time. But should this event be a success, and we had our best day of ticket sales today, then um, well done, guys. Well, well done, everyone who's bought a ticket so far. Um, if if we do manage to do well with this one, I will get a specialist, either American football hand stamp or gridiron hand stamp or something made up. All right? Okay, yeah, fine. Deal. Do, do, do. Uh, okay. Whilst we're talking about the party, quick shill for it, because there are still tickets available. Uh, if you go to gridiron-magazine.com forward slash after party, you can still pick up your tickets from there. £10, you get a free beer and a free magazine with every ticket. There will be some limited availability on the door. You do not get a free beer if you come and buy on the door. And there'll probably be about 50 or so tickets available on the door, very much on a first-come, first-served basis. So I strongly recommend that you book in advance. You also get entered into the two prize draws. So the one prize draw on the night in which you're giving away a... Gus Bradley signed hat. That could be limited edition very quickly by the end of the season. <laughs> um, a majestic uh, coat, for, uh, like jacket from the Raiders, which is very cool. Is, um, it, is it the brand majestic or do you feel majestic when you put it on or is it? does it have just a majestic feel to it? All of the above. Okay, great. Absolutely great. all of the above. <laughs> Who wouldn't um, want that? I want that and it's a Raiders thing. And some signed T-shirts by a Super Bowl MVP and you know, loads of stuff. We are... I will also chuck in another prize in there. Go on. What are you going to chuck in? I'm going to chuck in a Billy Big Bollocks signed gridiron T-shirt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, did, we did get a tweet in uh, asking after we got the mention on the Around the NFL podcast whether you were now Billy Little Bollocks um, <laughs> over that. Uh, well, I don't know what they know, but... Um, I, I don't think I've been particularly Billy Little Bollocks. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Mike White has also tweeted us asking, who's the biggest Triple B, Will Gav or Richard Graves from Sky Sports News? Now, considering Richard Graves refers to himself as RG1 and the commissioner as RG2, I'm going to say it's Richard Graves. Have you invited Richard Graves? Yeah, absolutely I have. Okay. He might have a Sky party to go to or something, but he is more than welcome to come along and, and revel in a, in a Cowboys loss. I can't remember who they're playing now, but I doubt they're going to lose this weekend. Uh, they oh, have the Eagles. Eagles. It's a great, great game. game. Who, who would have thought that, I don't know, after however many years of following NFL, NFL football, that... The NFC East would suddenly be good? The, the NFC East, you wouldn't get annoyed about NFC East games being primetime and on telly. It, it, it's weird. 
Yeah. I don't and feel that's right very about much it. what the case is right now. What isn't a great game on Pride and Time necessarily is Thursday night football. We are recording this before Jags Titans, but I'm going to stay up and watch it. I'll record an extra little bit for it, and it will be inserted right about here. Well, that was embarrassing. Embarrassing for everyone involved with the Jaguars. Embarrassing for Blake Bortles. Embarrassing for Gus Bradley. Embarrassing for me is maybe the nation's leading Bortles apologist. Uh, I will get onto the Titans in a moment, and I'm going to be giving them plenty of love. Don't you worry. But at 27 nothing at halftime, I actually gave up. I went to bed, and then I woke up this morning and watched the second half because. Uh, it was just a terrible all-round performance, starting off with Bortles. He even admitted after the game to Phil Sims. He doesn't know where it came from or why, but his motion's actually getting longer. You go back to 2015 when they brought in Tom House, the, the sports biomechanics guy who fixed the problem, and you look at how he performed last year, and it was uh, he was excellent. He's not been this year. I think we can all see that. He's become the king of garbage time. Uh, something that people often slanted at him last year, but at least he was throwing into tight windows. Now he can only ever uh, find receivers when a defence has truly taken their foot off the gas. And just all in all, a dreadful, dreadful performance. Can Bortles be fixed? That'll be the question this morning. I do believe so. I believe you saw what they did with that off-season. You saw he was fixed. I think it's terrible coaching all round from the Jacksonville Jaguars, from offensive coordinator to quarterback coach to head coach, everyone involved, uh, has allowed this young man to regress to a point where you should consider potentially benching him, bringing in someone like Tom House, bringing in someone who can help fix his mechanics and actually benching him and allowing him some time to, to work on himself because the Jags aren't going anywhere near the playoffs this season. We can all see that from the performance last night. Now, it wasn't all on Bortles. Uh, the offensive line was poor. Uh, the running game, uh, you know, at halftime, they were averaging two yards per carry, uh, even less potentially. Um, the, you know, the, the Jags had 21st downs to, to the, the, the Titans had 21st downs to the Jags, 22 plays in the first half. Uh, it was, it was embarrassing to watch all round. And then on the defensive side of the ball, lack of pass rush. Uh, they're usually brilliant tacklers in Paul Poslosny and Telvin Smith were giving up yardage at the second level to the running backs. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, who's been such a bright spot for this defence this year, was giving away silly penalty after silly penalty. Just everything about this performance was ill-disciplined, poorly planned, poorly put together. And if Gus Bradley still has a job when you're listening to this after I've been to Bengals practice this afternoon, then I will be genuinely, absolutely stunned. Um, But let's talk Titans, because hot take, the guy is drunk. Uh, Right now, the Titans are the best team in the AFC South. Um, will, Will they win it? I've said this morning, I think they will in a private message conversation with someone. I may be regretting that. I may have been slightly punch drunk early awakeness. I still think that when you've got Andrew Luck under centre in a poor division, then you've got a good chance of winning it. The Texans have a winning record. You know, they they probably only need to win four more games, maybe five more games in order to take the AFC South. But right now, the Titans are the team performing best. Uh, The O-line looks brilliant. Jack Conklin, what a first-round draft pick to take, particularly after you've traded picks away to pick up extra first-rounders, third-rounders going forward into the future. He looks like exactly what we thought he was going into the draft. Very rarely do guys, particularly on the O-line, when taken that high, uh, work out exactly as projected. He's a mauler. He's big up front. He makes uh, holes for that 
brilliant running game um, and what really encouraged me last night was just how much they brought Derek Henry into it between the two of them 225 yards two touchdowns on 42 touches but Derek Henry getting a lot more of the work than we've seen in recent weeks and that's what you need DeMarco Murray in his season with the Eagles and I saw some people going oh Chip Kelly why couldn't he get this kind of performance out DeMarco Murray go back and look at the statistics for guys who have 400 touch seasons they are always dreadful the following year he looked tired he looked poor and he didn't look like a good scheme fit it was a, it was a mistake of Chip Kelly, the GM, not Chip Kelly, the head coach, that caused DeMarco Murray to have issues last year. But now that they're bringing in Derek Henry into the game, Marcus Mariota, OK, he's faced four cupcakes in recent weeks to bring his uh, passer rating, his stats, everything up uh, as he has done. But w- what better way to improve your confidence going into a tougher slate of games going forward? Uh, they're sat at four and four. They look like they've got a really good run game. They've finally got a pass rush. Their secondary may be still suspect, although we all know that the, the the yardage last night came uh, on pure garbage time. Um, the, the Titans have a very, very good chance of going to the playoffs this year as division winners. And I wouldn't be that surprised if come uh, uh, January we're talking about your AFC South champion Titans. Maybe I'm being hysterical. Maybe the guy is drunk. But they look the best team currently performing in that division. Let's see how they go do going forwards and let's see how long uh, Gus Bradley keeps his seat firmly, it keeps his ass firmly in that particularly warm seat. Uh, peace out. Enjoy the rest of the show. So Jags Titans, who would have known that that was going to be a game of the season? Uh, well, I couldn't I couldn't have picked it. What I do like was the Watch. Uh, we saw the we saw the French mustard. I've changed my mind. It's French mustard uniforms from the Jaguars. And so not baby poop. It well, it it, it, it is a bit baby poop. Uh, it's definitely not Dijon. <laughs> definitely D, not Dijon mustard. It's French mustard mixed with baby poop. Uh, don't give your child French mustard because that's what it would look like. Um, somebody did tweet us about the game tonight. Uh, Alex, a uh, regular tweet. In fact, we've, pro- we've got about seven or eight questions on Twitter from about two people, which is what happens when you tweet asking for questions at like 11 p.m. at night. That's fine. Alex got in touch, said, am I deranged lunatic or a madman or both for thinking I might stay up to watch Jags v. Titans? Well, I'm going to do it. So, And I've already done it by the time you're listening to this. So with hindsight, you tell us, Alex. Uh, doesn't I'm make d- a great podcast but... I'm doing it I'm getting paid to do it so does oh, that count alright maybe you should record it and I'll just sleep I could record it well we'll see if people have heard your voice in, in, a, in a haze of confusion then they'll now know why um, Mark Thorne also got in touch uh, he'd taken a photo from behind of a guy in the crowd at Twickenham wearing an Andrew Luck jersey yeah and a backwards Giants hat now this wasn't a, uh, this wasn't a, a, an isolated occurrence. Sorry, it, it's late. It took some time to come up with that word. Formulate words. Exactly. Yeah. Formu- it's not like we try and do it for a living. But um, this isn't an isolated occurrence because I remember seeing in the fan park afterwards a guy with an Odell Beckham jersey and a backwards Green Bay hat. Now, here's my feeling on it. This is the Will Gavin hot take. If one of the teams is playing in the game you're at then I'm kind of okay with it. Because this guy might be a Colts fan, but on the day is backing the Giants, and so is showing that 
you know, I'm a Giants fan for the day. Maybe he's gone with his friend. Maybe his friend had a spare Giants hat because his friend's a big Giants fan. I'm kind of okay with that. There was a guy last year who was wearing a Seahawks hat and a 49ers jersey to a game involving neither team when those two are divisional rivals. That Uh, one, not so acceptable. I hope you went up to him and said, what on earth are you doing? Oh, it was a classic. Somebody sent the picture in on Twitter, I'm afraid. Oh, okay, okay. Well, next Uh, time, if you see this guy uh, on Sunday, that's what you should do. I, I will. Don't will you, you refuse him entry to the party? <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am on the door. We have bouncers as well, but I am on the door. So come and say hello when you first get in, but don't take too long if there's a queue. Okay. Uh, will you? I be am s- the keeper of the beer tokens. Will so you be come sat down? To me. <laughs> of course, I'll be sat down. So this, what a ludicrous question! So, guys, if you want, your, you met me? If you want your program signed, uh, there is not a <laughs> party program, but a program signed. Please provide pen and program, and Billy Big Bollocks will sign. If you want your photo taken with me, uh, <laughs> please, please don't ask. And it's a fiver. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there's been a few bits of news around. Do we want to tackle the bits of news, or are we going to kind of weave that into as we're talking about the teams? Um, I. I pfft. Let's let's weave it. Let's weave. Let's it weave. Yeah, let's not? weave. Let's let's go for it. <laughs> so let's start off by talking about Wembley. And before we give our hot takes on this weekend's Washington Cincy game, let's hear from a couple of the players involved. Starting off with my conversation earlier this week with breakout inside linebacker uh, from Washington, Will Compton. Really delighted to be joined uh, on the line now from uh, live from Washington, soon to be heading to London. A breakout star over the last 12 months or so in the Washington defence, uh, Will Compton. Will, thank you for taking the time out to speak with us. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're, we're, we're delighted you could come on. And uh, Well, let's start off with that. You're, uh, you're flying out to London tomorrow evening. How much of a focus has that been for you guys this week? Uh, it's been a big focus just because we'll have a, we have kind of a different hectic schedule going on this week. So trying to find, uh, you know, the right, right things to do to prepare for our flight and then getting there and, and whatnot. But uh, it, it's been a focus for sure this week. So uh, in terms of what it means for you, because teams uh, do various different things. Some fly out on the Monday, stay the whole week. Some don't come till the, till the Thursday, Friday. How has your prep differed this week as it would do to any normal week? Um, well, you got to cram a little bit more as far as studying. Um, Thursday night when we fly out, we're kind of expected to get our Thursday night sleep on the plane. And then once we land, we'll get going on our Friday day, like within an hour. So uh, I've kind of, you know, set my alarm clock a little earlier in the morning this week and trying to go to bed a little earlier, just to try to get used to the, uh, just try to get acclimated to the time change over in London. But uh, it'll be pretty stressful come, come Thursday, come tomorrow and Friday. But, uh, you know, I think guys are doing the right thing and being prepared right now and trying to take care of their bodies have you ever been out here before i have not this will be my first time fantastic great stuff because uh i imagine someone from uh, for, uh who's been from missouri been in nebraska exciting to be getting out and, and seeing a bit of europe oh no doubt no doubt it'll, it'll be a good time i'm looking forward to eating over there <laughs> why, have you, <laughs> why, why what have you heard about the food <laughs> Uh, I haven't heard a whole lot, but I just get excited to. Uh, I love to eat food, obviously, but um, I'm just excited <laughs> to get out there and try uh, try the culture of food in uh, London and see, you know, get some recommendations, see what's good, and go check it out. Now, have you um, have you spoken to uh, anyone else from around the league, guys? Maybe you went to college with or anything like that, who have come and played out in London or played abroad before? Uh, yeah, a little bit, just kind of on the whole, how you feel sleep wise and the time change and things like that. Nothing, nothing, nothing too much of a 
too much of an extent about one, the London trip, but just a, a few things. Um, I, I wonder then, I, I look back, I want to talk to you a bit about this kind of season so far, because um, I, I said their breakout star and it kind of caught the eye towards the end of last season coming in uh, for, for an injury and then managing to hold your place in the starting lineup. But for me, from the start of this month, really, it's been a brilliant October for you. You really stood out with that forced fumble and the 11 tackles against the Browns. How have you found your season so far? Um, it's been good. You know, we started off a little slow going 0-2, but uh, we, we picked it up, found a way to win four games in a row, dropped one this last week against Detroit. Uh, I think defensively we're starting to do a lot of, a lot of good things. Guys are molding and meshing together a little well, learning how to play with each other. Um, you know, we just got to keep coming. We got to make those plays, you know, that final two-minute drive against Detroit. Uh, but all in all, we're getting a little bit better every week. We're just trying to find that formula to put it all together offensively, defensively, and special teams. Oh, that Bolden touchdown to end the game. I don't want to drag up bad memories, but uh, it looked to me like you, <laughs> it looked to me like <laughs> you were incredibly disciplined, and you were so close to making the play on the ball. There, it looked like you really stuck to your assignments. It's it's got to be frustrating when you do everything right, but somebody just gets that pass perfectly. Oh man, yeah, I, you know I've been beating myself up over it. Um, you know I, I played it well. Um, what? What's disappointing is I got caught, I got caught kind of surprised because I didn't know Bolden did that kind of move on on the outside at the numbers. Um, by the time I looked back for the ball, it was like zinging by my head, so I just threw an arm up. But if I'd have been focused the whole time on just the quarterback and the ball, I feel like I could have made a I should have made a play on that ball. But uh, it definitely sucks. But you know, um, you you got to wake up the next morning. You got to continue to go. You got to continue to grind, and you got to look onto the next week because if you live in that moment, it's just going to destroy. Because uh, you started the game off brilliantly. There was, uh, for yourself, uh, on that opening field goal, stopping that drive with that third and one penetration. thought Mason Forster did a great job ending the previous drive. It looks like the two of you have formed a really good relationship over the past few months. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, Mason and I are real close. Uh, we got to play together last year, and I feel like we're starting to hit stride, hit that whole mid, mid, mid-season form, uh, you know, right now. But uh, we're, we're playing well. The D-line's playing well. We're, uh, we're playing well. Our back end's starting to play well. We're all playing well collectively, and that's what you want out of a defense is everybody clicking together because that's what makes everything work. How much of it is it with mentally with the side of the game for the defense? Because I look at yourself coming into the league undrafted. I look at Mason who, okay, third round pick, but it never quite worked out for him in Tampa Bay. You know, briefly had to kick around on some practice squads. So two guys who prior to working together in Washington hadn't quite necessarily worked out for. And then to have the production you've had over the last 12 months is really impressive. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a credit to us preparing and, uh, you know, playing with a chip on our shoulder. Um, you know, it's all about getting better every day, and I feel like we've done a good job of doing that since we've been playing together. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a good ride so far. Talk to me a little bit about those uh, one game in particular that, that caught the eye, that the final drive against the Ravens, because I kind of look at your division and how important your momentum is going to be this year. You're 16-10 up. You know you've got to hold them. Uh, you know, well, obviously, they're never going to go for the field goal, but you know you've got to hold them. And on that drive, you made three big plays in the course of one drive. Just talk me through, through where you were in that game and, and, and how you still perform at that level right towards the end of a game. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, just just executing the calls that are that are made. Kind of kind of hit on some of their tendencies that they like to do, um, as far as situationally, and then just making the play when the opportunity presents itself. Uh, you know, I wasn't trying to do too much out of you know get out of my zone and try to be superhuman or try to make a play or anything like that. I'm just you know playing my reading my keys, playing my uh, you know playing my assignment, and then just taking advantage of the opportunity once that opportunity comes. You talked about the different levels of the defense obviously a lot of talk in the preseason was about Josh Norman uh, big money signing brilliant year for last year for the Panthers what's he added to the team and then also potentially what will he what will you miss if he's not there this weekend um yeah just you know he, he He's an aggressive player. He brings a good, uh, tough mentality to the defense. Uh, he's a guy who can shut down anybody. Um, you know, he gets after the ball. He's very good around the ball. But uh, he just brings that uh, playmaker mindset and that mentality to the defense, and he, he's fun to be around. Um, it, it'd be unfortunate if we miss him this weekend. Um, I think he's doing everything he can to get back, but that the concussion stuff, you got to kind of take it pretty serious. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll miss that from him. If he's not playing uh, on that on that very point, there was the um, the incident against the Eagles a couple of weeks ago where you had the big hit on the incomplete pass to Doriel Green Beckham and and you from what I understand or from what I read, you actually took yourself out of the game in that situation. Was that right? Uh, took myself out of the game. Well, when you took the big hit to the head and came out of the game, uh, well, one of the beat writers said that it was kind of your decision to to take a step out before you ended up going back in again. Oh, no, I mean, I kind of, I was kind of out of it there for a second. And they just, I mean, when you get injured, you have to go off for a play or two. Um, you know, and I did everything I could to get back on the field. But, I mean, if I could have stayed, I would have definitely stayed. But uh, it, it wasn't my call for a second to, you know, stay on the field. It was pretty clear I needed to. Uh, get off the field for a second. Well, what do you think about when you look around the league and you see situations like Chris Borland retiring after only one season, of guys like, uh, I know it's the other side of the ball, but someone like Calvin Johnson at, at 30 with plenty of good years left in him stepping away earlier. Do you think it's because guys are trying to take better care of their bodies now or or because it's such so physical a league as it is now? Uh, I believe so. You know, they, they want to take care of uh, their future and things like that. I mean, everybody knows what they sign up for coming into the league. Um, you know, however they perceive it and how they want to go about it is their business. But, uh, you know, there's, I'm sure there'll be cases like that cont- continue to still go on in the future. And then, you know, you got a lot of guys who will play until they can't play anymore. So I, I just feel like it's it's definitely up to the person. But, um, yeah, I think with the, all this research coming out, guys will, you know, take a closer look at everything. And then what about the Bengals this weekend? I'm intrigued for you personally because in that inside linebacker position in the scheme you guys play, you have to be prepared to play the run, play the pass, you know, be, be a multidimensional guy. When you see they've got the likes of Tyler Eifert coming back, the Giovanni Bernard's been breaking out really well in recent weeks, you're, you're going to have your work out for you at Wembley. Absolutely, uh, you know they're, they're they have some good players on the offensive side of the ball, and we'll have to be on our p's and q's on stopping the run, and then keying on the pass and covering Eifert and stuff like that. But uh, we have a good plan going in, and you know I trust our coaching staff and I trust the players around us that we'll all rally around each other and do we do what needs to be done. Is there anything uh, you know, particularly I think with a player like Eifert, when you see he's not had much play this season, do you go back? Do you watch the tape from last year to try and see what he might be like if he does get back to full health this week? 
Uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we're going to watch some clips of when he's fully healthy and see what they do, what they like to do with him. Um, he'll be a threat either way, so uh, we'll have to be ready for him when he's in the game. And if he's out of the game, we'll have to, you know, continue to, you know, do what we've studied and prepared for. And it's all right because you get to go up against Jordan Reed in practice. So you've got somebody there who, uh, who can mimic what he does pretty well. Oh, no doubt. There, in my opinion, there's nobody in the league that can uh, kind of mimic what Jordan Reed can do to us as far as his physical ability. Um, the, the dude's quick and can route anybody up, and I don't think there any, there's anybody really like him. So it's nice every week you, you take a look at tight ends and you feel a little bit better because nobody nobody's really as hard to cover Jordan Reed. Uh, and I wonder, you know, every win in the NFL is obviously massive in a 16-game schedule. But if you look at the fact that this past weekend with your loss, the Eagles got that big win over the Vikings, the Giants came and won here in London. And then I know you guys always kind of operate in this one-game-at-a-time mentality, but your schedule after the bye goes Vikings, Packers, at the Cowboys, then at the Cardinals. So... With all of that in mind, how big would a win over the Bengals be this weekend? It's a huge win. You know, it's a big win to go into uh, go into our bye week with uh, going five and three. You know, we started off going two and two our first four games. It'd be really big to go three and one our next four games, and then we're going to have our work cut out for us. So it'll be real big to get this momentum going and going going into the bye week feeling good about ourselves. Do you guys ever get frustrated? I mean, you look at the NFC East, only division where everyone's above 500, sometimes comes in for a bit of stick. Do you, do you guys get frustrated by that? Uh, you know, it is what it is. It's it's the NFL last year. We had a division that everybody wanted to be in. This year, not so much. So um, <laughs> everything else, it'll, it'll play itself out, and we just got to continue to focus on one week at a time. Uh, before I let you go, Will, I do have to ask about the Cornhuskers. 7-0, a couple of difficult games coming up at Wisconsin and at Ohio State, but you guys have got an outside shot at the playoffs this year. Oh, absolutely. I think Coach Riley's doing a great job with Nebraska right now, and I think those guys are they're, they're playing hard, they're playing well, and they're, they're winning. You know, you just, again, you always want to take that one week at a time mentality. I know they're very excited to play against Wisconsin this weekend, and you know, I'm rooting for them hard, and I think they'll come out with the win. Maybe get to Ohio State next weekend with your bye week? Absolutely. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I, I might go. I'll probably go home, but I'll definitely be tuned in. Uh, good stuff so uh, Will I'm just uh, finishing off with other than the food trip out to London this week uh, we saw it last week that the, the kind of nominative home team was the LA Rams but there were a huge number of Giants fans in the UK filling up that stadium and it almost felt like a Giants home game so is there a message you want to send out to UK fans to get them to get behind Washington this weekend and, and to back you guys and try and make it like a ninth home game for you Absolutely. Uh, I feel confident, first of all, that we're going to have the majority of fans there because we have so many fans all over the world. So if you're a Redskins fan, you know, I don't doubt the, the support that we're going to have in London, but anybody who's on the fence, they need to get their ass there and cheer on the Redskins and start yelling HTTR. <laughs> 90,000 people. It's going to get loud. Yeah, I hope so. Good stuff. Uh, Will, real pleasure to speak with you. I hope to catch up with you when you get out here this week and, and maybe catch you in the locker room after a win. All right, man. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Will, that was Will Compton. I'm highly disappointed in you for not asking if he's related to Dennis or to <laughs> Nick. <laughs> or or is from the famous LA suburb of Compton. Oh, suburb oh that stretch. one. 
Once again, um, you have let us and the <laughs> listening nation down. Look, as you heard at the end, he wants you to get your asses there early and chant for their team. They are the home team. They are the away team. And uh, I think it will be interesting to see this weekend when you consider looking at Giants-Rams. I think even though Washington are probably an overall more popular team in this country, it'll be interesting to see what the balance is between Bengals fans and Washington fans and how much people back the home team. And today, as you're listening to this, because I'll put it out, I'll probably be putting this out whilst I'm sat in practice waiting for the press conferences, stealing the Wi-Fi from Saracens. By the um, way, sorry, what what are people got to shout? Do they shout Washington or the other thing? Or HTTR. Are, we are the greatest football club in the world, that kind of thing, no? I just told you, HTTR. What's that mean? Hail to the thingies. HT8, yeah, okay. Um, so anyway, we're going to get in trouble for this at some point. Uh, here I am. Uh, I'm at Bengals practice at this point, and I guess I'll introduce who the players I'm talking to are when I talk to them. Maybe I'll do a little bit of a Bacano chat. Maybe I'll see if Paolo's at practice as well or someone like that. I'll do a little chat with him and get his thoughts. Paolo's here right now. Do you want me to ask him if he's going? Uh, you could do, but let's just not waste the time. Not right now. I'll ask him afterwards. Fine. Me asking good. you now if you want me to ask him in a bit, that was a bit of a waste of time. The whole thing has got very confusing very quickly. Sorry, carry on. Here I am at Bengals practice. Hey guys, down here at Bengals practice. I don't know if you can hear that from here, but uh, I'm currently watching over uh, a Play 60 event, a community event. I can see AJ Green doing some catching practice with a few players. Demata Pakers out there. I can see... Gio Bernard and Jeremy Hill are both out here as well. In fact, more than any other team this year, the Bengals have been absolutely brilliant about putting the big names up. Um, they came up, they did the press conferences. You know, Marvin Lewis spoke in a very Marvin Lewis fashion about just making sure they come away here with a win. It's got to be a business trip and everything else. But you know, I had a really good time catching up with the players they did send uh, up for us to have a chat to. So I'll bring you these interviews now. Starting off, coming up, you're going to hear from AJ Green. You're going to hear from Jeremy Hill. You're going to hear from Gio Bernard and Andrew Whitworth. But let's kick things off on the defensive side of the ball with... Um, uh, one of my favourite players in the league and uh, one of the very best linebackers over the last five or six years, Carlos Stansby. See, I was just trying to come in and no doubt about it, taking a seven or eight hour flight, coming across the country. Um, and like I said, uh, we just, I just had to do more of the little things, you know what I'm saying, make sure I get my vitamins intake, make sure I drink enough water, you know, eat enough food and just make sure my, my body is um, recovering as fast as I needed to recover in order for me to um, have success come on Sunday. I'm interested to know in terms of the matchup this weekend. Jordan Reed has travelled. It looks like he's going to play. And, and one of the knocks on the Bengals maybe this year has been the coverage from the linebackers. We saw what the Patriots tight ends did against you guys. And I'm not saying Jordan Reed on his own is necessarily Rob Gronkowski and Martellus Bennett, but it, it's a tough matchup for you guys on that unit this weekend. Um, without a doubt, man. We, but we look forward to these challenges. And um, like I said, um, the, the weekend against the Patriots, man, it, it was a number of guys that was checking the tight ends. And they had, they had, a, good, they had a good game plan. Um, and like I said, they did a couple of things to, to work out leverage, and they, they made plays. So hopefully we can come out, um, play with better technique, and um, keep our leverage this week and uh, make plays on the ball. What about the pass rush? Because actually Washington have given up a, a surprising few number of sacks this year. It was an area that they were maybe weaker on last year, really strengthened on this year. Have you seen any wrinkles there that makes you think you guys are going to be able to, to, to get to Kirk this weekend? Uh, we got a cover well in order for us to um, get an opportunity to get, get to Kirk. Um, cousins and um and, and get to him and 
and get a couple sacks. So, like I said, we just got to continue to work our technique, like I said, and um, if we do good on the back end, we'll get a chance up front to get out of them. I'm intrigued with uh, Matt Jones. Well, you're a guy that tends to stay in the middle, get a lot of tackles if those guys get up to the second level. You've got to be aware that his fumbling this year has been a real problem. He's coughed up the ball, I think, three times more than any other player if you look on a per-snap basis. So I'm wondering, when you guys are in the film room and you're watching that, are you kind of thinking to yourself, right, this is I'm going to need to play slightly differently to try and strip this ball out and, uh, and force those fumbles? No, we can't play different. We just got to play, with, like I said, play with great technique, man. Um, him fumbling the ball has been guys playing with great technique and being able to um, strike strike them and get the ball off of his body. So, you know, um, and some guys punching the ball out, some guys raking at it, you know, and um, sometimes he's just dropping it himself trying to change hands, you know what I'm saying, in, in the mix of, you know what I'm saying, the, um, the scrum. So, you know, it's, we just got to play with great technique, like I said, and, and continue to press and try to um, be the best we can be. I'm intrigued with Vontaze. He's a player who's got a lot of uh, attention over here. Uh, obviously got the fine for what happened in that Patriots game, but, but wasn't banned. He's, has come over and travelled. And then I look across the rest of your room. There's yourself, Ray, guys who have been in the league for a long time. So what are you saying to a young guy like that to try and keep his head cool and make sure that he's not getting himself in trouble in these games? Oh, man, he knows exactly what he has to do. Uh, we don't have to say anything. Um, he, know what's on, he knows what's on the line. And um, like I say... Um, we count on him to be on the field um, and, and make plays for us and, uh, and be the player that he can be. Because, like I say, he playing at his best and everybody else playing at their best to give us the best opportunity to win. So we need everybody, man, in order to get, this, get, get to where we want to be. And, um, and he's, he's one of the pieces that we need on the field. So, like I said, we, uh, we expecting him to do what he, what's necessary in order for him to be on the field. And look, I know there's, a quote-unquote, no easy games in the NFL, but you hit four and four this weekend, and then you go into what is a much easier schedule off the back of the bye. In terms of records of these teams, they look like the sort of teams the Bengals, in theory, should beat. So are you guys looking at what's going on in the FC right now and thinking we can still take this, we can still go all the way? Without a doubt, we, we, we see what's going on, um, but none of these teams, like you said, are easy down the back end of this stretch. And all these guys are trying to position themselves to get an opportunity at the, at the Super Bowl. So uh, we can't look at their records. Like I said, people look at our records and say, we, we struggling, you know what I'm saying, and feel like they can get a win against us. So we got to go out and, like I said, we got to play the game the way it's supposed to be played from the ground up play fast, physical, and smart, and, and try to get a win. Have you ever been to the UK before? Have you ever seen Wembley before? Are you a soccer fan at all? Um, not a big soccer fan. That's but okay. You don't have to be. We're big NFL fans, so it's fine. <laughs> not a big soccer fan, man, but I, 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 do, um, you know, so I do watch a little bit, not a lot. Um, and, you know, this is my first time being over here, so it's pretty cool. It's technically a Bengals home game, so what is the message you guys need to give to the crowd to make sure that they're getting on your side, they're getting loud when you're on D, they're staying quiet when you're on offense, and, and that it feels like a Bengals crowd? Oh, man, it's going to be hard, man. Like I said, people just going to be excited to be in the building. So it's going to, uh, like I said, we got we to gotta come out and, like I said, try to, be, try to win the fans over. So we got to come out, we got to make plays, uh, got to get off the field when we need to get off the field, and hopefully we can win the crowd over and um, they cheer for us. And uh, one final thing, Carlos, this is just a personal thing from me. Uh, offensive players get this a lot of the time because obviously the boon of fantasy football. But I won my individual defensive players league last year, and a lot of that was to do with your tackle numbers in Cleveland. So I just want to say thank you to you. And, uh, <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate somebody, you know, recognizing, you know, my ability to make tackles. I appreciate it. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good luck for this weekend. Nice to meet you. Must be flagging a little bit after the flight, but you feeling good? You you all ready to go? Oh yeah, I think you know. For us, it's just playing football at the end of the day, whether we're here or there. It's playing football, so I think that's what everyone's focusing on.
Bit of a tough start to the year for you, but you managed to get things going against the Browns last weekend. You feeling good coming off that? Oh well, yeah, I'm always feeling good. Um, you know, it's a blessing to be out there every Sunday, being healthy out there, running around with the guys. So, always feeling good. I, I, I'm intrigued from what we've seen from Washington so far this year that they feel like a team with those middle linebackers who are, are good against the run. They've looked really good against it, particularly against guys who go between the numbers like yourself. What have you seen from that defense that makes you think you're going to light up Wembley this weekend? Um, no, I think they're pretty stout up front. I think for us, it's, uh, we just got to be locked in and execute at a very high level to, to do the things that we want to do against them. And, and I'm sure they're going to feel the same exact way. So, you know, they're, they're a great front and they have great backers and great safeties. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a challenge for us going out there Sunday, but we're up for it. How big is this season for the Bengals organization in general? Because you, you really you need the win this weekend to go to 500, and everyone talks about that playoff record constantly. And it felt like last year was your year. Andy going down obviously wasn't ideal. So, what is the importance of this weekend, not just on on the season, but on the team as a whole? Yeah, I think every week is important. Uh, you know, but the week that you're in at that particular time is the most important. So for us, we just got to take it like we take every week, and um, just winning the game is the ultimate goal, and uh, you know, the big importance for us. So we can't over, we can't overlook this team. We got to go out there, uh, execute at a high level in order to win. I was just talking to, to Carlos about the, the, I know there's quote unquote no easy games in the NFL, but the schedule has been hard up until this point. You look beyond the bye week, there are some more winnable games, so momentum seems key at this point. Oh yeah, I think you know that's what we've been talking about uh, ever since we lost to the Patriots. Is just trying to get things back going in the right direction. And I think you know for us, that's just winning every week, and that's the goal: going one and zero each and every week. So we can't look too far ahead of ourselves. We we got a big one on Sunday, and uh, we get that one, then we we can get going in the right way. I mean, you guys aren't a team who are used to being under five hundred. Let's be honest. Oh no, no, not at all. But I think you know for us, you know, adversity comes in many different ways, and for us, this is the way it's coming this year. So we got to respond to adversity. Um, I think we got the perfect group of men to do that what's been the message from coach lewis going into this week preparing for the game in london what is technically a home game for the bengals yeah um just what what the message is every week um win the game <laughs> i think you know for us um you know but easier the, said than done to be fair yeah, it's a lot easier said than done and uh but you know that's the most important thing and not to get distracted with everything especially um with the traveling and all those things so i think for us it's just really just time to stay focused and uh just remember what's important I'm always intrigued speaking uh, speaking with running backs. We've seen on the other side of the ball, Matt Jones looks like a very talented guy, but he's having some real problems keeping hold of the ball this season. Uh, how much in practices do you guys need to be focusing on the, the simples, the, thing, the simple mechanics, the, the ball control, the not losing the ball, that sort of thing? Yeah, that, that's the most important thing. Uh, we, we talk about that every week. Um, most important thing is ball security, and I think for us as an offense, we've done a, a great job of that the past four weeks, not, getting, not turning the ball over. Um, running backs, quarterbacks alike, and receivers um, just not turning the ball over. So I think, you know, um, for us, that's that's a big key, and that's a really important for us. And uh, I know the, the big run against the Browns last week, I think what I always love to, to speak to running backs about, when you hit that second level, when you get through that first hole and then, and then the field opens up in front of you, it all seems to me you have to make such quick decisions. You've got to decide which way to cut. Which way. What, how do you respond when you hit that second level? What is it you're looking for? What are you looking for the field in front of you to break off those big runs? Um, I think, you know, uh, 
to me, it's more the first, you know, when you first get the balls, all the film study, the fronts, and everything else that you've studied for getting prepared for the week. But once you hit the second level, it's just all your, your natural ability um, has to take over. And if you look at the, the you know, some of the best backs, um, they, they show their natural ability at a higher level than most. So um, I think, you know, for me, it's just letting my natural ability take over and not overthinking it, just reacting rather than thinking it out and uh, good things will happen. Uh, one thing I've really enjoyed from you over the past couple of years has been your appearances on uh, Matthew Berry's podcast, the fantasy football thing. Are you still enjoying fantasy football? It's been a slightly tougher season for your guys this year by the looks of it. Uh, well, no, I'm not playing fantasy this year, but um, I'm a full supporter of anyone who does. And, uh, <laughs> Shout out to everyone's fantasy team, and uh, but you know, for me, I'm just trying to be focused on the season. Did you get sick of people asking you questions about it? Yeah, yeah. Last year when I had my team, I got tons and tons and tons and tons of questions about it, but uh, it was fun. You know, it was a good experience to do. I wanted to see what it, what the hype was about, and it was actually pretty fun. So glad I experienced it. Glad I did it. But uh, I don't think I could do it every year. It's way too much. Have you ever have you ever watched one of the games at Wembley before? Have you ever are you a soccer fan at all? Do you know about the stadium? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm actually a, a pretty avid soccer fan. Um, I'm actually a Real Madrid fan, which sounds so typical, but sounds so, sounds so typical. But um, but uh, yeah, I'm a, I, uh, I follow Premier League very closely too. Uh, is that it? Seems to be from a lot of guys. That's from FIFA. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, playing FIFA in high school and stuff, and then just following players. Really, that's how I started. Just following players, and then just you know, being involved with some clubs. But um, you know, if I had to pick a Premier League team, it'd probably be uh, Man U right now. So exciting to be playing at what is the home of football. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. It's been a lot of great games played on that pitch, and uh, so it'd be good to go out there and play an NFL game. So it's, it's gonna be fun. And you said pitch rather than field, so that'll go down immediately well, Joe. Real, real joy. Have a uh, good luck for this weekend, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, AJ, first of all, welcome to London. How was the trip over? How are you feeling right now? It was good. Uh, a little tired, but uh, um, it's been fun, man. I, it's, it's a great time over here. Um, you know, we haven't had much time to really go do anything else, but tomorrow I think we have a lot of free time that we can go actually walk around. So. You're a guy that's approaching kind of veteran status at this point in your career. So how have you found the preparations for this week, particularly considering this is technically a home game for you guys? I just keep it simple. For me, I just keep everything, keep my routines the same as I, I do in a, a regular away game. So it's, it's pretty simple to me. I'm intrigued this weekend, the matchup everyone wants to talk about is you, Josh Norman, on the other side of the ball. But your comments this week uh, regarding Darrell Revis and the fact that you didn't line up against him when you were going inside, he didn't travel with you. From what you've seen, you expecting Josh to maybe go with you a bit more this weekend? Uh, we'll see. Um, I think that's what they're going to do, um, but we'll see. Yeah, how do you rate him in terms of cornerbacks in the league? Uh, he's a great corner. He's, he's uh, one of the best. Um, he played at a high level, so we'll see feels like, from a physicality standpoint, it could be an intriguing matchup. Yeah. You're a guy who gets in there, you can mix it up with these guys. Yeah, of course. Uh, like I said, I, I, look, I look for big matchups, um, but you know, I just go out there and play my game. I don't let nobody dictate, dictate what I do. So. It's rare that this organization in recent years has found themselves under 500. You know, you need the win this weekend to return to four and four, return to that 500 and push on for the rest of the year. Does that put some extra onus on you guys? Uh, we know what we, ha we have to do. Um, we, we, we dug ourselves this hole, and uh, now we got to get ourselves out of um, We go four and four um, into our bye week, uh, get, to get back even, and be good. So. It feels like last year, all the talk, obviously, in recent seasons is about that playoff win, getting that playoff win finally, and losing your guy, Andy, my fellow redhead, right at the end of the year was, was tough on you guys. So, you know, I, I feel like that puts that bit of extra pressure on yourselves, on Andy, on the big-name players to perform this season. 
Uh, it was tough, man. Uh, last year, um, you know, I feel like we had to had the team that to, uh, that really make a push. Um, Andy got hurt, and that, and that really hurt us. Um, but this year is a new team, the younger guys. Um, so everything we got to start back over. Um, we don't have to start. We didn't have the start that we wanted to. Um, but continue. We got to continue to keep fighting and and uh, see what happens. You were here when Jay Gruden was here. How impressed have you been with the job that he's done in Washington with that young team? Uh, you know, Jay is a great coach, man. I had no doubt um, of him being a head coach and being a great head coach. He got those guys playing uh, very well. Does that offer you guys any extra wrinkle, knowing what he can do, what he can throw out on any on any given Sunday? No, not really. <laughs> but we know we, he had those guys ready to play. So, uh, Are you in any way, with Wembley this weekend, are you in any way a soccer fan? Do you know the, the value of playing at this stadium and in front of these fans? Yeah, I do. I know the history of that, that stadium. And it's an honor to come here and, and uh, play over here and, 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 and take football to the next level, try to take football to the next level, and that's try to get it global. So. I think a lot of players that come over talk about it being like a Super Bowl atmosphere. Yeah. So maybe this could be a little practice run. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, I've never been to a Super Bowl, so maybe it's a little taste. <laughs> uh, here with Giovanni Bernard, superstar running back. I'm going to call you that, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, All right, there you go. I'll take that. <laughs> uh, good start to the season for you so far. A few hundred yards in the air, a few hundred on the ground as well. And uh, you've been, uh, you know, in an offense which has been missing some pieces so far this year. Tyler out, Jeremy taking a little while to get going. Do you feel a bit more has been on your shoulders so far this year? No, I, you know, I think it's just a matter of having everybody back is always a good thing. Uh, you know, that's kind of one of the things that we know about our team is that we have so many playmakers. And, uh, you know, when guys are, you know, banged up or not in, uh, sometimes it shows, sometimes it does. But, you know, that just means the next man. Uh, has to step up and take over that role. So whenever my number's called, uh, I'm always there to make a play. It's got to be nice to see, though, Jeremy having the big breakout game against the Browns last week. Uh, quite a tight running back room. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, that's one of the guys that you know I've been with a while now. And, uh, you know, a guy I care for, a guy, you know, that I admire very much and, you know, how he plays the game. And, uh, you know, I've always had his back. And uh, it's just one of those things, you know, we're a brother. Uh, not just me and Jeremy, but Rex as well uh, and, and Cedric Pierman. So it's just a big family that we have there. And, uh, yeah, and Trey Carson. Uh, of course, of course. I'm sure you guys have seen the same thing on the film that we've seen so far this year from Washington. That front seven much improved. Will Compton and, and Mason Foster on the inside making a lot of tackles in the run game, restricting guys. So having Tyler back, having yourself to go out of the backfield, it feels set up for a really intriguing battle come Sunday. Yeah, I think the ma it's just a matter of if we just take care of our own business, we'll be all right. Uh, just like in any other game, if we just play our game and uh, you know ha have our playmakers out there, uh, they'll adjust to us. But it's just a matter of going out there and making the plays. Uh, that's any team, any team in the NFL. If you, as long as you go out there, have fun and uh, make plays, you'll end up winning. You guys obviously flown out here overnight uh, tonight. You've arrived in this morning. How are you all adjusting and enjoying London so far? Adjusting, still adjusting, enjoying. <laughs> we have not yet enjoyed it yet. Um, you know, we've really just been on the bus or been in the meeting rooms or on the, on the practice field. So uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit time down now. So I hope I can catch up on some sleep. I mean, the, the standard line from players and from coaches is it's, it's a business trip. It's just another week of football. But do you feel how special and how much the game is growing out here yeah of course uh obviously it's a business trip for us but i think you know as far as for the fans it's obviously an opportunity for them to see uh you know what american football is all about uh, obviously they've had games here before uh, but they can you know have a glimpse to see what you know cincinnati the Bengals football is all about so it should be fun first time we've had the bengals coming out and it's a home game for you guys as well it's an interesting kind of dichotomy of fan base you know last weekend the rams were the home team but the giants have got a really big fan base out here and i'd suggest that 
your two teams, it's probably about 50-50 between Washington and Bengals of how many fans we'll have in the stadium. So what do you want to send as a message to the fans to make sure they get on your side at Wembley on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of, it doesn't even matter what color jerseys they're wearing. As long as they're having fun and yelling, you know, having a good time, I'm all for it. Uh, but we know as, you know as a football team what we have to do. Uh, just go out there and just make plays and have fun. I think what Eli Manning said last weekend, he came in 07 and then back last weekend, he said the biggest difference he noticed was fans now know to get loud on defense, quiet on offense. It's like they've become more intelligent as a crowd. Uh, I hope that's the same thing you experience, but you guys have got uh, giving up a home game. This has got to be quite a big deal for you guys. Yeah, it's, I mean, you always, you always want to be at home in front of your own crowd, but at the same time, you know, I'm sure we have a lot of fans out here uh, you know, and hopefully they've catch on to the uh, you know loud on defense and quiet on offense kind of thing. So it should be fun. I'm excited to be out here. Uh, excited for the fans to see the Cincinnati Bengals. Have you managed to see any of the previous games either on the TV or, or have an experience of Wembley Stadium as a soccer stadium or as a, as a football stadium? Not much. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so you, that's fine. Is it, I'm, I'm intrigued to see because what you'll find is that there will be a sea of you'll see uh, a jersey from every team. There'll even be Browns fans there in the audience. Go. So yeah. you know everyone gets represented and, and people are just delighted to be there to see football. Yeah, that's what it's all about. It just doesn't matter what team you're wearing. Uh, just as long as you're out there having fun, I'm all I'm all for it. So you guys, a, a franchise who in the time you've been here, not been very used to being under 500. You need this this weekend to get the couple on the bounce, return to four and four, and then the schedule be on the bye. Looks a little simpler than the first eight games of the season. You know, momentum seems to be the key at this point. Yeah, it's always about momentum. You know, once you get one win on your belt, and you know, it, it could go downhill, it can go uphill from there. So it's just a matter of uh, us continuing to play tough football and uh, to, you know, make plays on the outside, make plays in the running game, and uh, let everything else just take care of itself. Good stuff. Enjoy this weekend, and uh, we wish you luck. Thank you. Just got in at like 6 this morning, so just kind of getting our feet wet and feeling everything and uh, ready to get some sleep tonight after a good dinner, that's for sure. So Bengals going to this game fully healthy against a potentially beaten up Washington team. Does that make a difference, do you think? think Uh, We'll see. I mean, you know, uh, until game day sometimes you don't ever know who's up, down, or what. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll have guys healthy and and, uh, we want them at their best too. And, you know, but it ought to be a great game. They're a very talented football team and, and so are we. And. Uh, both of us have a lot to play for right now early in the season, and, and so this ought to be a good one. How do you deal with going up against next coach as well, someone like Jay Gruden, who obviously uh, you knew before? Great. I mean, you know, happy for him, and, and uh, we worked hard together, and, and uh, you know, couldn't be more excited for him to have the opportunity he has. I'm looking forward to getting back in the lineup, kick-starting things, being fully healthy. Yeah, 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 just another week uh, being out there and playing. And so, uh, you know, uh, it's been a long long time since I missed one, and so I don't want to miss one now. So uh, it will be good to, uh, you know, a little bit of, you know, fear earlier in the week that maybe I wouldn't, but, uh, you know, happy to still be out there. A couple of guys on this other side of the ball, Ryan Kerrigan, Trent Murphy, they didn't have much of a pass rush at all last year. This year they're finally getting to the quarterback, getting a bit more of that going. What have you guys seen in your studies this week that makes you think that you're going to keep Andy clean? Uh, well, it's going to be a heck of a job. I mean, they've uh, really shown up and, and been tremendous this year. I mean, you know, their uh, their rushing has really stuck out. I mean, they're doing a great job rushing the quarterback, uh, using a lot of moves, a lot of long. They're long, tall, 
athletic guys. And so it'll be a heck of a challenge. But, uh, you know, it's why you play the game for those kind of challenges. And so we're looking forward to that. Uh, Tyler should be hopefully back to full strength this week. How good is it for you guys on the line? Because everyone wants to talk about him as a pass catcher, as a weapon. But, you know, to get that extra help in pass blocking from a guy who's been on the team for so many years and been doing it has got to be great for you guys as well. Well, yeah, I mean, he's just another weapon. I mean, when he goes out and, and uh, it's another guy, Andy can get the ball too quickly, uh, you know, that, that uh, limits the amount of time when he has to sit back there with the ball. And so the more weapons you have out there, the more opportunities the quarterback has to find somebody, uh, the better the opportunity is to pass pro. Well, you know, and, and so, uh, you know, any time we can add another weapon, I think we're all happy. Gio talks about your flight out here. It's all right for a little guy like him, but I might not be quite the same size as you, Whit, but I'm a big guy. How was your flight out and being a bigger guy? Did you get some sleep? Uh, no sleep, but uh, it was a great flight. I mean, it was a great trip. It wasn't bad at all. And, and uh, But no, no sleep, so I'll, uh, I'll be ready to get some rest tonight for sure. First, uh, it's a home game for you guys over here at Wembley, and I wonder how much do you guys know about the NFL in this country? How much have you guys heard about the growth over here? Have you ever seen a game played at Wembley either on the TV or paid any attention to that before? Yeah, I've watched the games on TV uh, and read some of the articles about grow the, the NFL growth here, but uh, other than that, no, I don't know a lot about it. So it's, we're just looking forward to, you know, it's a, I think it's a great opponent and, and uh, should be a great game, and, and I think it'd be pretty entertaining for the people here. I think it's interesting because it's quite a split of the fans. Like last weekend, we had the Rams with the home team, but a lot of Giants fans over here. A couple of recent Super Bowls, young guys coming to the game. Those are the teams they pick up on. So what do you say to the English fans who might be, I don't know, Browns fans, 49ers fans, Cowboys fans, to make sure that they are quiet when you guys are out there, loud when your defense are out there, and make sure they're back in the Bengals? Well, we put on a good show for them. I think we're a good football team, have a lot of quality guys, and uh, I hope they uh, watch and, and see it and, and uh, cheer for us loud. And, and I hope they support us all the way. Excited to see you guys play. Welcome yeah, to the UK you. and enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Hazel Irvin here, and I'm at Mammoth Insurance in Leeds, where Kate has arranged an office chair race to fundraise for sport relief. And these riders have got their kit on. They are rearing to go. And they're off. Taking an early lead and smashing injustice right out of the park, it's Daphne from Accounting riding the spreadsheet demon chair. Up comes Nina from HR on Beat Me and You're Fired, closely followed by Mark from Marketing on the 9 to 5 chair. Even Javid from Health and Safety's at it, waving his clipboard like crazy. Go easy there, Javid. We don't want any injuries, fella. And from nowhere, it's Jenny on El Chero Loco, rolling right over poverty to cross the line first. And the crowd goes loco. Unbelievable. You can help change the world too. Just get your exclusive Sport Relief merchandise at Janeiro's Sainsbury's. Sport Relief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast. So, Bengals, Washington, this weekend, Wembley. Cincy, three-point favourites, over and line 47.5. So they're expecting there to be a fair few points this weekend, according to the people in Vegas. Certainly more than there were at Twickenham last weekend. I think this has got a real feel of a coin toss game, Ollie Hunter. Yeah, both teams are better than... Well, the Washington are better than a lot of people thought. Bengals aren't quite as good as people thought, and maybe that will level them out. Both teams are, of course, coming across the ocean, so that's a bit of a leveller. I think Jordan Reed and Josh Norman, if you were at uh, Washington uh, Football Club practice, they've travelled over, and you would have seen that. Uh, 
that's a bit of news. They've been cleared to travel to London. They are in London. Uh, that could tip things their way, but maybe you've spoken to Tyler Eifert. Maybe he will get more uh, more snaps, more red zone targets. That could be good. Actually, yeah, you're right. It's, it's a coin flip. We've got we've got two of the top four tight ends in the league, maybe top three. We said we said uh, numbers two and three when we talked about it earlier this week. Somebody did tweet us, and this is a man desperately trying to find that tweet. I saw to that say tweet. that they disagreed with you, and they would put Greg Olson in there. I think that's a fair shout. Greg Olson's been very consistent over the last couple of years, yeah, right. but we've got two offenses who at times have misfired this year, whose running games have been unreliable. When it comes to Washington, that's down to fumbling issues. When it comes to the Bengals, that's because Jeremy Hill is in incredibly up and down and Gio Bernard has actually been the far more impressive of the two when you consider his 263 yards through the air on top of what he's done on the ground this year more than actually he's done on the ground um Jay Gruden spent three years working with Andy Dalton at the Bengals with Marvin Lewis from when he first came into the league. But I think you look at the Andy Dalton we got certainly last season before the injury and more and more so this, uh, more, less so this year compared to last year, but more and more so as the offense starts to improve. This is a very different player to the guy who was there uh, when, uh, when Gruden was there. Just two interceptions on the year so far. And if he does get Tyler Eifert back in there, what you're going to see, and I asked Will Compton about this is that it's going to become very difficult for suddenly those coverage linebackers to be covering those guys and Gio Bernard and Brandon LaFell who suddenly up in the last couple of weeks like the last two weeks he suddenly started to look like a player you're going to have AJ Green stretching the field I fancy the Bengals because I just think that offensively they offer that little bit more um, and I think they've got their left tackle coming back as well this week. So just all in all, I just I think they've just got a little bit more in the tank. And I think both teams are going to leave London with a four and four record. Josh Norman is back. Where do you think he'll line up? Do you think he'll concentrate on AJ Green? That's if Josh Norman uh, suits up, starts and is fit. Is he going to go with AJ Green or is he going to stay on eye foot? Because he's not the smallest of cornerbacks. He's actually a, 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 a bigger cornerback. So where will or where do you expect Josh what do you expect Josh Norman to do well it was interesting um, when you read the uh, AJ Green's comments when he's gone back and watched the tape this week he's gone back and looked at how they used Antonio how they used um, Josh Norman against Antonio Brown and AJ Green was saying for, for most of the games maybe like five snaps or so he found himself matched up uh, he was talking about the, the New York Jets game against Darrell Reeves and said he wasn't matched up opposite him very often at all um, particularly because he was coming out of the slot quite a bit AJ Green in that game I don't imagine he'll do the same if Tyler Eifert is in but he just didn't understand why Josh Norman wasn't traversing the field now the way that Washington play their defense very similar to the Panthers is a zone based defense so your corners tend to stay on the same side of the field um, it a does bit like mean Seattle right yeah, a bit like Seattle, exactly. A bit like Seattle, they stay on their side of the field. They have their coverages, a lot of cover three work. They do a lot of two deep safeties as well, the Bengals. So I think they'll be looking for a huge amount of help from the safeties to help out with AJ Green. So I don't think you'll see man coverage, one-on-one matchup. Even though Josh Norman himself is a good man cover corner, the scheme very much leans more towards zone. Sure. And... 
it'll only be if they line up AJ Green on that side of the field. And I'm desperately trying to find which side of the field they tend to line AJ Green up on. But Pro Football Focus is I think it's the right hand side um, of the field because if you think about Brandon LaFell's touchdowns this year, and especially the one, the big one last week, that was on the left hand side of the field. I'm pretty sure AJ's a right hand side of the field guy, and I think. Uh, that's the same side of the field as Josh Norman usually lines up, and he definitely did when he played for, for the Panthers. So uh, we could see that. I do think overall of the two defences, the, the the team that have impressed me more on the defensive side of the ball has been Washington. Uh, they've stopped the run well at times. I like that inside linebacker pair. We've talked about them a lot. I think Brashard Breeland, after a nightmare first couple of uh, weeks of the season has really picked up. Will Blackman playing in that more free safety role as he has been in the last couple of weeks has been really has been impressive to me. The, it, I think this is going to be very tight. I'm fancying the Bengals, but Washington, if Jordan Reed is back and fully fit, the Bengals linebackers have been terrible in coverage this year, like properly terrible. And if they start to use some of those fancy scheming that they use and, and getting guys to do lots of crossing routes and that sort of thing, then, then maybe it's Washington who do do it. But if you look at pure talent perspective, the Bengals have it. And I do think that these London games tend to go in that direction because you've got the great leveller of the travel and everything else. Are you thinking a shootout? It, it, it seems like that's uh, kind of what you're leaning to. I, I, I don't, don't want to put think... meads in, uh, no, words into your mouth, but... Uh... We don't get shootouts in London. We've only had a couple of them. I, I would be surprised if it was that high scoring. But, you know, if, if they hit 50 points between them, I think we'd have seen a good day. Well, the betting line, I think, uh, when we had the guy on the NFL show the other day, I think he said it was 47 Points. Told you it's forty-seven and a half. There we go, forty-seven points. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I thought you might have said something like that. Don't. Uh, thanks for calling me out, man. Uh, anytime, buddy. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, you know I would actually. You're a do good the, man. I'd do the same. So, <laughs> who are you taking? Uh, oh, let me go to Gridiron High from Pickham. Who have I taken? This is live checking. The game is called the Predictor Game, and it's gridiron-magazine.com forward slash predictor game, or just click on the link at the top. It's not gridiron-pickham. It's it's forward slash results hyphen picker slash picker slash fixtures. No, uh, hyphen fixtures. Anyway, I've picked the Bengals. Good man. Who have you picked? <coughs> uh, the the Bengals. Okay. Who did you pick? Who time? did you pick last night? By the way. Uh, for Jags Titans, yeah. Uh, uh, as discussed earlier in the week, I took the Titans. Oh yeah, I went so, head over heart. Oh yeah, I went, I went Titans, and then I said, oh, "I'll go opposite to you. I'll go Jags." Oh, I don't there was some flip flopping going on. Yeah, I don't want to do that, but I'm, I've changed my, my <laughs> predictions. I've changed it back to the Jags. Unbelievable! All in all, you are a dreadful human being. <laughs> I, mean, I really am. I'm up there. I really am. Really am. Right. Uh, I gave you the. Uh, I gave you the running order. What was next, Ollie? What was next was Wembley preview. Will Compton interview. We've done that. We've uh, done the Bengals interviews. Okay. Rest Re- of week eight. Rest of week eight. Uh, so let's pick out some of the games that are catching our eye this week. We'll go through and just do a quick rundown of the games we like and the games we, we fancy. I'll tell you what is intriguing to me. It's been moved from one of the 8 o'clock kickoffs to one of the 5 o'clock kickoffs. The Arizona Cardinals going to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Cardinals at 3-3-1 three, three and one after that tie last week. Panthers at 1-5. and five. This was last season's NFC Championship game. 
These are two teams who look very different to two teams that went to the NFC Championship last year. My immediate initial lean, and they've had the bye week to try and fix this, but Carolina have not looked anywhere near as impressive against the run as they did last year. And I feel like on the road, this could be a big day for David Johnson. Ooh, I think, and, and I, I totally get where you're coming from. David Johnson has looked an absolute beast this year. I think they've had that bye week to really scheme for David Johnson, get things correct for David Johnson. I've, I think the Panthers will do this. I think there's a lot of issues with Arizona at the moment. Um, I think it was Jerron Brown has gone out for the season. Michael Floyd doesn't look any good. That leaves Larry Fitzgerald and John Brown, who John Brown hasn't really seen much action at all. So a lot of the a lot of the emphasis from the Carolina Panthers, a lot of their attention will be on David Johnson. They, as I said, they've had the two weeks. I think the the Panthers get the get uh, back on the on the roll this time um, with the, with a win over Arizona. It's interesting. The Panthers, the interior of that line has been so disappointing this year after we gave them so much love last year. Star from Utah, Starlo Tulele and K1 Short, two of my favourite players in the league. I think what could really tell here is that Arizona, for the first time in maybe the last three or four seasons, finally have some really good uh, bookend rushing ability. Marcus Golden... Uh, who came out in the same draft last year as David Johnson was picked, a pick after Amir Abdullah when they were meant to take Amir Abdullah. They now managed to get Marcus Golden, who's looked brilliant this year, and David Johnson instead of getting Amir Abdullah. I think they did pretty well with that. Sometimes the draft falls in your direction. Between him and Chandler Jones, they've really impressed me on the outside, and I just think they could cause Cam Newton some issues against those tackles who have overall struggled this year. I'm going to take Arizona on the road. I've gone Panthers at home. I like it when we disagree. This is good. I'm going to give you a game that I think is actually a really interesting game for a multitude of reasons. I like the fact that I like the use of the word multitude. New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Bills obviously beat the Patriots and bageled them earlier this season. Sorry, well done, Um, guys. (laughs) Sorry. I forgot we had to applaud that every time. But Brady, <laughs> it's since now he's a been... new law. It's definitely a new <laughs> law in uh, the state of New York. So, look, Brady in three games since he's back, he's thrown for over a thousand yards, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. James White has been getting really involved in that offense. The tight ends are looking brilliant. Six touchdowns between them since Brady's been back, and over three hundred yards apiece. I, I it would be. It would be fitting if the Bills, having just lost a couple of silly games, suddenly beat the Patriots a second time to move to five and three. But right now, I feel like the Patriots are on such a roll. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't lose again this regular season. <laughs> wow. I tell you what. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. It's not, re- <laughs> it's not really, but it's, I, we haven't played that once so far. So uh, it deserved it. Um I like the Bills in this one. I haven't taken them, but I like the Bills. <laughs> we, I like that you like them. That's excellent. I, we don't know what's going on with LeSean McCoy. They looked the, That defense that looked so good uh, leading up until last week looked fallible last week. Um, didn't they? It looked like the hotchpotch of guys that it actually should. And Mate, sh- trust and me, sh- I know. Been. Minus five in three different leagues, the Buffalo Bills scored me on defence and cost me games. Trust me, I'm aware. Have you seen that uh, Tom Brady says that he will not be going into coaching when he retires from football? 
That's because he's going to run as uh, Donald Trump's running mate at the uh, 2020 elections. Oh, man, why do you just steal the things that I'm building up to? <laughs> Sorry, was that your gag? I've tweeted that. <laughs> I tweeted that earlier today. Really? Really? Maybe I saw your tweet and it entered my mind and I didn't remember it, but I did not see you tweet that. No way. <laughs> I, was, I'm, I was gearing up for that. And you just completely stole that from me. Oh, oh sorry, Billy, Billy Big Bollocks strikes again. <sighs> Unbelievable. Calm down, mate. Calm Unbelievable. down. Unbelievable. Oh, man. It's going to be all right, mate. Thanks, we're doing We're doing a live podcast in three days. Buck up your ideas. And then, then they'll see. Then they'll know. <laughs> then they'll see what? <laughs> How bad we both are <laughs> doing How this. How terrible we both are. Yeah. Jobs. We don't edit anymore, though. We used to edit a lot. We barely do it anymore. But um, just leave it all in, and I think people appreciate that. That's uh, that's the one of the Sky Games um, on, on Sunday. I think it's for once the the Sky team have got it right. I think that's a great game, and I'm I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. Not least because I like watching Tyler. Um, uh, what's his face? Boyd. Tyler. Tyrod Taylor. It's not even a Tyler. <laughs> not Tyler at all. I got Tyrod Taylor. I'm so, oh god, I've got to be up until six a.m. Uh, Ty- Tyrod Taylor. I really like watching him play. I know he hasn't got many weapons downfield, but with Sean McCoy, hopefully he's fit. Gillisley, who's rushing for over, I think he's um, over five point eight yards per carry in his NFL career. Uh, that's incredible, and in itself, all right, he hasn't had much time, and a lot of it has been gunk time, but. I think the 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 Bills are a, a nice team to watch. I've, we spent far too much time on this game. Uh, who right. have you got? Uh, I'm taking the New England Patriots. Yeah, as am I. <laughs> um, Seahawks uh, are travelling to face the New Orleans Saints. I mentioned this game because the Seahawks this year, weird team. They've put up only 10 points against the Dolphins, three points against the Rams, six points against the Cardinals. And they travel to face a Saints team who, in the Dome, every game has been a shootout. But they've been winning those shootouts in the Dome. Um, I, I, I kind of like this game for two reasons. I think it's the Russell Wilson get back on track game. But I also think that it's New like Orleans, actual thing. <laughs> New Orleans have so many. Oh, he's been so injured. Yeah. Have so many great options in that passing game that if they do a little bit like what the Falcons did to them and stretch the field and put two guys on Sherman cross routes and everything else. They could have some fun. I've taken the Seahawks, but I like this to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, me too. Um, I I can't disagree with anything there. I think the Seahawks running game needs rejuvenation. CJ Pro's eyes could see a whole lot more work after um, Christine Michael, stupid name, was uh, was stuffed by the Cardinals last week. I like what the Seahawks have got at, at receiver. Doug Baldwin, Tyler you know- Lockett. You know what? Uh, you know who likes to catch touchdown passes in the Superdome? Well, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham loves to catch he touchdown loves passes in the Superdome. It'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, reception he'll get actually from the Seahawks. Uh, uh, from I, the Seattle Saints, I think he'll get a really good reception from the Saints. Like yeah. he got traded away, admittedly, but he was a hero there for four or five years. I think he'll he'll get a really good reception from them overall. Um, it's weird. Uh, Breeze has been amazing this year. Uh, 17 touchdowns, completing nearly 70%. Um, he's still uh, he's averaging a career-best 350 passing yards per game, a league-record 100th 300-yard game against Kansas City last week. He is a ridiculous man at his age. And if you just, you just 
believe that if he played on a team with a defense, he'd have more than one Super Bowl under his belt. It's a real shame he doesn't. I'd love to see him get another one, but I don't think he will at his age now. Um, but yeah, I'm taking the Seahawks just because it's much like that Bengals game. Is he um, a future Hall of Famer? Even I Breeze. suppose, I suppose oh, with he's anyone a first with ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. He has so many records that I, I'm not sure because I haven't looked at the stat recently, but about two years ago, there were only um, six or seven 5,000 yard seasons in NFL history and Drew Brees had three or four. Uh, yeah, I've heard this one as well. You're right. And I think he got one last year as well. He's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a ridiculous man. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan. Big, big fan. Uh, I've taken the Seahawks. I think I've made that clear on many occasions. Yes, yes, you have. I've taken the Seahawks. Uh, let's move on to talk about the late game, the Sky game. This will be showed on the big sc- showed, shown on the big screens wow. at our party. Green Bay Packers at the Atlanta Falcons. I'm setting out my store now. I've taken the Falcons. I've just faded Will Gavin down. Um, he is an absolute disgraceful human being. I've gone the, the Green Bay Packers. We've had 10 days, a long week to uh, to scheme for this. Atlanta Falcons look like they won't have Tevin Coleman, who was a massive part of their of their scheme, a, a part of their, their offense, uh, along with Devontae Freeman. We've got uh, the Green Bay Packers, got the best um, rush defense in the entire league. Uh, I'll bring him back now. I, I, I apologize. There we go. You're back in the room, Will Gavin. Thanks, buddy. Yep, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, but but I understand why you've gone the Falcons. And actually, if it wasn't for the fact that I always pick Green Bay to win, I probably would go the Falcons because they're at home. They're brilliant at home. Uh, Matty Ice Ryan has been fantastic this season. But I think Tevin Coleman going down, I think that's interesting. I think that brings it closer than many would think. Yeah, Tevin Coleman is going to be a big loss potentially for the Falcons, although Devonta Freeman, I think, is a true RB1. I really like him a lot. Um, I, I I concern... I concern? I, I need to learn to speak. I know it's like quarter to midnight, but seriously, whoa. I'm concerned that they're going to need some help slowing Julio Jones down, particularly when they're playing in the Dome. Matt Ryan is beasting. Um, yeah, I just... I just, uh, my concern really is that there is a little bit of pass rush starting to form at the Falcons. There is a little bit of excitement on the defense. Keanu Neal is breaking out like one of the best rookies in mm. the league right now. And it's kind of going under the radar behind the likes of Joey Bosa and Jalen Ramsey. Um, and this Green Bay offense is just can't, it's just lacking at the moment. It's just not putting it together in the way that I was hoping they would. I love their O-line. That's the one thing I will say. Um, again, I think this could be a another shootout, and I think it, I'm I'm giving it to the Falcons purely based on home advantage. But if I was picking who the better of these teams were on a neutral field, I'd still shade it to the Packers. Yeah, I I totally get you. I totally get you. This game is going to be an absolute doozy. I mean, it, it's got all the hallmarks. So what better place to watch it is it is at our party where it's going to be on the screens. UK Packers are going to be there. Um, and we'll be doing a live podcast. And we'll be doing a live podcast during the half-time-ish, second half type area. It's abs- oh, I, I love this game. As a neutral, it, it's got the hallmarks of being a classic. Absolute hallmarks. Love it. I'm just keeping an eye on Twitter to make sure that any of the questions we've had come in don't relate to this game or any other. But at the moment, we're looking like we're in pretty good stead overall. 
So, Sunday night football, Eagles at Cowboys, NFC East. Like we said at the top, suddenly, really enjoying that these games are on prime time. This one should be a cracker. And um, do you know what? It's, it's, it, what's really interesting to me about this game is the weaknesses of these two teams. Because with the Eagles, their biggest weakness at the moment is that offensive line. Without Lane Johnson, Carson Wentz can be got at. But the Cowboys' pass rush still looks relatively anemic. Um, they probably cough up the ball a little too much, the Eagles, to run on the Cowboys massively. But you imagine that Wentz could get the time in the pocket that he got in the early weeks. And there's a really interesting dichotomy between him and Dak Prescott in this one. You know, Wentz, 1,324 yards. Prescott's 14-8-6. Seven touchdowns to one interception for Prescott. Eight to three for Wentz. These are two guys who are having fantastic rookie seasons. The difference for me could come down to that Dallas run game and the fact that they're at home. And so I am leaning towards the Cowboys. Who would you rather have as the next quarter, uh, next 49ers quarterback, Wentz or Prescott? Oh, that's a really good question. I think if I'm assuming that Kelly is going to be the long-term option, I think Prescott maybe looks like a guy with his with his movement who maybe suits that system better. He's done a lot of spread work and Chip does love a bit of that spread work. But I do still maintain that of the two, Carson Wentz is the guy who, if I was just starting a franchise from a new, is still the guy from the raw ability standpoint I would take. Mm. I think if you put Wentz into the Cowboys system with their running game and with their offensive line he would have just as good a stats if not better than Prescott that's not to take away from Prescott what he's done as a fourth round rookie as a guy who was seen as a real project has been phenomenal he's probably been the better performing quarterback of the season so far but I still maintain that longer term Wentz would be my guy but then the Cowboys could be the better run of the two organisations with the way that they have put that O-line together even though we like to take the mick out of Jera a bit see I'd say the thing is with Green Bay I'd say Wentz probably suits Green Bay better if you were to pick of those two if Rodgers went down today who could you have yeah but I'd rather have Prescott there you go (laughs) I just think he's the more dynamic looking player I know uh, Wentz has looked really good but I think they've tailored the offence to make him look better all right you've still got to make the, the throws and you still not to go th- not to throw the insane amount of interceptions that he didn't throw uh Prescott has thrown interceptions I don't think it comes down to that really I think if you look at the players now and who they are I think Prescott ju- I, from a pure, pure layman's point of view and I haven't watched either of either of them through an entire game I, I just think Prescott looks better but we're at that stage in the season now where it's going to be much easier to do that because, you know, we're going to now pick through another five or six games and just do them very quickly, um, even though there are some relevant teams in there. But you know, we're getting to that point in the season now where you can really nail down and sit and watch a full two hours. And I have watched both these guys in full in games. And I, I just, like I say, it's, it's splitting hairs, but I lean towards Wentz at the moment. Uh, that's Prescott is playing at a higher level than any other rookie quarterback in NFL history. He's on pace for the highest passer rating at 103.9. Okay, we don't like passer ratings uh, that much, but that's quite that's quite a, a stat and I think the okay, he 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 it is buffed his stats are, are buffed by the fact that he's got um that incredible O-line and 
Ezekiel Elliott, but he does he hasn't had Des Bryant, and that's made it even better, I think. In the, any the case, other reason, sorry, the other reason I like the Cowboys in this game is that even though I've said their pass rush is anemic, I think their secondary has performed to a good yeah, level yeah. thus far. Malcolm this year. Jenkins has um, been outstanding. Uh, what? <laughs> I was talking about the Cowboys secondary. But oh, sorry, the, I thought you were talking about the Eagles secondary. But then the Eagles defense overall with Jim Schwartz has really impressed me. I just, I'm going to be interested to see how they scheme for the likes of Cole Beasley, for the guys coming out of the backfield. The fact that they're going to struggle to get pass rush, even with a very good defensive line at the Eagles. I'd be really intrigued to see what Schwartz does this weekend. Is he going to have the bodies flying around and doing what he's done a couple of times previously? They got such a big win over the Vikings that my point is I'm taking the Cowboys, but in no way would, be, would I be surprised to see the Eagles suddenly beat back-to-back NFC contenders. And with that special teams as well, they are... Yeah, you can't count them out. You can't count them out. Tony Romo, by the way, returned to limited practice this week. There's no way that he's going to come back in maybe the next two weeks, but we'll have to watch that and see. I'm going the Cowboys, though. Let's um, let's ping our way around the rest of the weekend's games then. Um, this one does intrigue me somewhat, because well, partially because they're one of the best maybe not best from a purist perspective, but most ridiculous playoff games of recent seasons, that 2014-15 playoff game. Um, The Kansas City Chiefs at the Indianapolis Colts, but it comes down to something I've said several times during this. This actually looks like quite a tight game on paper, but if I'm going with the team who purely have the most talent, I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs. But Uh, do you know who has looked good? Andrew Luck. He's, He's been great the last two weeks. Uh, hello, Will. I've I've been walked in here from uh, doing the European football show, and Ollie told me to to just sort of start talking. And the voice I, of Paolo Bandini. I can't Bandini. think of I can't think of anything clever to say, which is making it really disappointing. Well, your your head actually, Paolo. <laughs> Paolo, your head is in uh, European football rather than NFL, so we'll forgive you. But um, you can answer this one for me: uh, Kansas City Chiefs at the Indianapolis Colts. Who have you got, and why? I've got the Chiefs, and I've got that because I haven't thought about it very much yet. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, this is from the man who gives you your Guardian picks column every week, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I didn't pick that game, all right? I choose six games. I don't have to think about the other ones. Oh, he's so uh, he's probably talked about all six of those games already. I apologise for that. <laughs> uh I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think the Colts are an especially competent team at the moment. They can't protect Andrew Luck against anything. So, um, in general, it, my default position will be to assume they're probably in trouble. I think that uh, I'm a big Spencer Ware fan, as me and you were talking about uh, in the pub just the other night. Um, so it's a, it's a it's a gut pick that hasn't been based on any sort of solid thought through reasoning. I, th- I, th- I think what you'd say is that you and I said that Spencer Ware has taken the number one job oh, for was... Jamal Charles overall. <laughs> I was waiting whilst until Ollie, this came up. Oh, incredible. Sherry spent a good amount of time saying, no, nah, mate, no, Jamal, Charles will be back, Charles will be back. And then I think he had like one touch for minus one yard that weekend. So... He's got an inf- Jamal Charles has got an inflamed knee uh, and that was the knee that, that, that was being operated on. It's incredible that he's playing yet still has this issue. I he did still... say two weeks ago he thought he was 100%. Exactly. And so a player will always say that. Going. A player generally will always say that because they want to play. Unless they're Arian Foster. In which case Unless they're Arian Foster. See you later. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. So you haven't been totally out of it, Paolo. <laughs> um, I love Jamal Charles. I love him and I want him to come back and I'm still believing 
but that hasn't why that isn't why I've taken the the uh, the Chiefs in this game. I, I think the Chiefs are a, a better football team. I like Alan uh, Alan Alex Smith at the moment, and uh, Tyler, uh, Travis Kelsey's looking dangerous. And that defense, I think finally they're starting to play up like the defense that we all know and love. So, Chiefs for me, Paolo. You don't have to stay. You can yeah, go. Just I've got say a last hi. Tube to catch, unfortunately. So I am going to disappear. Just one very quick question. Yeah. If you had to take Dak Prescott or Carson Wentz for your franchise oh. for your quarterback of the future, oh. who would you take? What a question! They're going head to head this weekend. We've just been having this discussion. What a question! Ah. I think it's Wentz, but it's it's yeah, close. Yeah, right I think it's Wentz. Um, <laughs> you know, it, I think there's a gridiron pole in all of this. Yeah, I think that Wentz has probably had a slightly, uh, objectively speaking, less favourable scenario to fall into. Certainly, in terms of uh, you know having much that he was a rookie as well, such a brilliant running back as Ezekiel Elliott, and uh, that line in front of him. I think that Prescott has maybe had a little bit more uh, relief, although not you know not that the Eagles have given uh, Carson Wentz something to work with either but yeah I'll go with Wentz and then uh, I'll uh, think about it some more on the journey home and, and change my mind alright Paolo cheers Love Paolo you, uh, cheers, guys. see you Sunday Paolo see ya what I love is when a great footballing mind like Paolo Bandini comes in and joins the podcast and totally echoes everything I've said oh uh, yeah I know you always do yeah brilliant <laughs> pretty big bollocks always he's just waving to me yeah, he's, he's waving. Yeah, he, there, um, he, there he goes. I thought you'd like that. I thought that was nice. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that yeah. There out you go. of nowhere. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Right, let's quickly call the rest of these games. Yeah. Lions at Texans. I'm taking the Detroit Lions to cooter the Texans. <laughs> Do you know what? That's great. I love that as a verb, yeah. to cooter them. I am also uh, predicting that the Texans will get a cootering uh, from the Lions. Do you know, the, the Lions running game is dreadful this year. Although Justin Forsett's come in and had one really impressive game. But this is these are their lead running backs. Theo Riddick, 171 yards. Justin Forsett, 136 yards. Matt Stafford, 126 yards. Stafford's got wheels. Did you see? Um, I haven't listened to their show yet, Mainsley and Dutts. I've I, they they tweeted me saying that um, finally they they've acknowledged that Ollie Hunter that's me uh, was right about Matt Stafford. Good men. Um, this one should be reasonably easy. Minnesota Vikings five and one going to the one and six Chicago Bears. It's all about them Vikings. We did get a tweet in on this one from Alex asking a question for Ollie. Would you rather see Chicago lose with Cutler or Barkley under center? Which is funnier? Oh, the former. Always, always the former. Always want to watch Jay Always Cutler. watch Jay Cutler lose, have a little hissy fit, and then throw his towel that always hangs from his waist between his legs onto the ground. Mark also asked us, are the Vikings the real deal? No. Um, he said, no, they're not. You're saying, no, they're not. I'm saying, yes, they are, but they need to keep things very, very simple on offense because without those tackles, teams can get pressure to them. They're not a fast, quick like a uh, ball out of the hand team. Um, so they, they either need to get some O-line help quickly. Otherwise they won't be, they won't be a real deal, but I still think that defense is so good that it will keep them in games all year. Yeah. I, Jet, lo- I love that defense. Jets at Browns question from Mark. Will the Browns actually win a game this year? I think if they do, it's this one. Really? Why mm. this one? I think the Cleveland Browns, because the Jets have been terrible in recent weeks. I know they won last week against the Ravens. 
looking at my wife. She's pulling a sad face. Um, Is that because uh, you're looking at her? Fitz, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, Fitz, six touchdowns, 11 interceptions. And Matt Forte got his fourth touchdown of the season, but let's not forget three of those came in the same one ridiculous performance. Brandon Marshall not living up to people's expectations. Quincy Anunwa nearly has as many receiving yards as he does. I just think the Jets are not putting anything together in the way that they did last year. And so if they've got a chance, Josh McCown back this weekend as well, according to Hugh Jackson. If they've got a chance, it's this one. That doesn't mean I've picked with them. I'm never going to pick with them this season. I've taken the Jets. I've gone the Jets as well. But looking at their schedule and what's remaining, this is their best chance of a victory. Perhaps the Giants at home in about five or six weeks, five weeks. Other than that, there's Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers, Giants, Bengals, Bills, Chargers, Steelers. They're all tough games. I think they could go 0-16. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Final game. It's the Pirate Bowl. The Oakland Raiders at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, who loves the Pirate Bowl? I heard me hearties. <laughs> that was a great pirate, buddy. Uh, Raiders 5-2. You give it a go. Two. Looking, oh, army hearties. Okay, um, pretty bad. Pretty, uh, four, pretty good, yeah. Four road wins for the Raiders already on their way to that 5-2 and two record. Uh, Bucks, they look up and down, but you can score on them. Get your Quiz Rogers the ball. He's touched it 69 times in three weeks. Get it to him again. Get him running it. Let's see what they can do. Let's let Jameis Winston throw up for those big-bodied receivers like Mike Evans. I'm still taking the Raiders. They're just really good on the road this year. Don't know why. They're just doing it. Um, I wonder if this works. It says in, what it is. It says on there, it says Autumn Wind is a pirate. That's not Autumn Wind. But that's not Autumn Wind. It's one of Ugo's. So it could have be it could be anything. Um I have picked the Raiders in this. Could the Raiders I love that. You're, you're meant to be doing it quietly in the background while you carry on. Sorry, I was just listening to you. It was nice. <laughs> uh, Raiders, did you see that Raiders Alden Smith wants reinstatement? I did indeed. Uh, how do you feel about that? He'll just end up getting arrested again in two weeks' time. Yeah, yeah, he will. Um, yeah, the Raiders, they bucked the my imagine trend that teams can't cross the country and win uh, last week and they keep doing it I like the Raiders and I have picked the Raiders in this game I think do you know what it's time for Ollie uh, fantasy darlings time coded it's Neil Dutton's fantasy darlings <laughs> It shouldn't take a Harvard education to know that Ryan Fitzpatrick, a man with a Harvard education, has a potentially exciting fantasy matchup this week on his return to the New York Jets starting lineup. The Jets travel to Cleveland to take on the Browns. The Browns have allowed the second most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks this season and have allowed two or more passing touchdowns in every single game. Fitz is available in 91% of NFL.com leagues, bizarrely. Given the number of teams that are on a bye this week, Fitz is one of those players that you're probably going to have to fit in and forget about. But I hope he does well for you. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys take on the Philadelphia Eagles. If this sounds like I'm trying to jinx Dak, you better believe I am. The Eagles have allowed one top 10 finish in fantasy quarterback terms this season. 
Prescott has two finishes inside the top 10, but this game is likely to not be one of his best. I really, really, really hope I'm right about this one. Devontae Booker was already looking like a decent waiver wire pickup this week after his performance on Monday night for the Broncos against the Houston Texans. He actually played more snaps than CJ Anderson, despite Anderson finishing with more rushing yards. Anderson is now headed for injured reserve, although he might not be, yes he is, no he's not, depend if you believe him or Ian Rappaport, leaving Booker to take on the San Diego Chargers defence that has allowed the 6th most fantasy points per game to running backs this season and 8 rushing TDs. One to avoid this week would be Jonathan Stewart. The Panthers take on the Arizona Cardinals in the battle of the two teams of oh god where did it go wrong this season. The Cards have allowed the 2nd fewest fantasy points per game to running backs and the 5th fewest rushing yards. Stewart's fantasy appeal is always likely to be capped given that Cam Newton prefers to run the ball in from the goal line instead of trusting it to his veteran back. CJ Fedorowicz, yes, that's a real person, is someone who you might look to plug in at tight end this week given the nice matchup he faces. He's taking on the Detroit Lions. They've allowed seven touchdowns to tight ends this season. Despite Brock Osweiler's valiant attempts to sabotage the entire Texans' offense, Fedorowicz has 27 targets in his last four games, which he's converted into 19 receptions for 229 yards and two touchdowns. He's available in 96% of NFL.com leagues. The Minnesota Vikings have been shutting down fantasy wide receivers this season, with the highest, highest finish allowed was wide receiver 14. Alshon Jeffrey is not going to get an easy ride this week, despite the fact Jay Cutler is likely to zero in on him and maybe make him a focal point of the offense, like he has a choice. Alshon Jeffrey hasn't scored a touchdown this season, and the Vikings are very, very, very unlikely to let him walk one in. Neil Dustin's fancy darlings, strong <laughs> work as that? always. <laughs> fancy darlings, <laughs> fantasy darlings. Yeah. Um, good work, Dutz, as always. Follow his advice; he's generally right. Um, Ollie, any final thoughts? Final thoughts were when we've just been seeing Jack Reacher. It wasn't a good movie, but on the way from the train, uh, from the cinema to you and your wife dropping me off to the train station. Uh, something incredible happened. Go on. Your wife shushed you. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> She's been shushing me with her eyes the entire way through the this whole podcast time. as well. The whole time. So um, don't worry. I liked you it. You loved that. You loved it a little too much. I'm yeah, I did. And uh, I loved it again just just when thinking about it and 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 telling the listeners. It, it was in- it was very funny. I enjoyed your comedy running. That was a film with a lot of running in it and people running with big pointed hands. So uh, <laughs> comedy running. Uh, ask Ollie to do his comedy running when you come to uh, to the venue on Sunday because it is our international series after party this Sunday. £10 with a free beer and a free magazine. There will be some tickets on the door. You don't get a free beer on the door. Only advanced ticket holders get those. And you get entered into our amazing prize draw. So go online, gridiron-magazine.com forward slash after party. Ollie, any final thoughts? Yeah, Big T uh, on Twitter, who is coming to the parties. Big guy, he'll be in a Patriots jersey. Uh, don't, let, uh, don't let that hold you 
don't, yeah, I can't say that. Don't you let that hold it against him. No, I can't speak. <laughs> <laughs> time code it. Yeah, time code that. Time code that. He's also Welsh, so don't that don't hold that against him. Woohoo! <laughs> don't hold that against him either. Um, he said, if anything, come to the party because uh, the pizza, which is not free, you have to buy it. But the pizza is fantastic there, and he's right. The pizza Believe is the pizza. incredible. Right. Otherwise, Agridan on Twitter. Give us a rating on iTunes. Give us some love. Stitcher, wherever it is you listen. Thank you very much for listening. This has been The Gridiron Show.